0: Welcome to the What Matters Most podcast, presented by First United Bank & Trust. That's my bank. Visit us today at mybank.com. Hello and welcome to What Matters Most, a podcast all about finances, community, savings, and security for you, your family, and your business. This podcast is brought to you by the helpful folks at my bank, First United Bank & Trust. I'm your host, Eric Nutter, and in today's episode, What Matters Most is our monthly economic update. And for this helpful discussion, I am thankful to be joined once again remotely today by Sean McCreary, Wealth Investment Officer and First United's Wealth Management Department. Good morning, Sean. How's it going today?
1: Good, Eric. Good morning.
0: Yeah. Weather's getting a little colder. It's a little chilly outside.
1: I prefer it this way. Do you? Is, Do you? I like the I like the colder weather.
0: Oh yeah? Well Yeah, I'm a little different. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think we I think we're warming up just a little bit this week and then uh, and then uh, I, I suspect you're going to get more of what you want. <laughs> a little more, a
1: little more fall
0: feeling. <laughs> that's sure. right. That's right. Well, how speaking of the fall feeling, how is the market feeling uh, in the fall? Let's. Uh, why don't we start with the positives like normal and tell us: uh, Is there anything good going on?
1: right, yeah, I mean definitely definitely a little more volatility recently, but not n- nothing that we didn't expect and uh, but we've definitely taken a, a little more positive turn here recently, but overall, we continue to think the the positives outweigh the negatives recovery continues. most recent data we've seen on the positive side, looking at the labor market, though it came in. Below expectations, non-farm payrolls, the month of September, added 194,000 jobs, well below expectations of 500,000. But the un- unemployment rate <clears throat> did drop uh, again to 4.8 percent from 5.2 percent. That's a new, new uh, post-pandemic low. Uh, <laughs> the August and July job payrolls were actually revised higher uh, to three uh, to 30. 366,000 and 1,091,000 respectively in in August and July. So at least we got some revisions higher. And then one of the big things we've been looking at here is. Um, we've from from some economists and some analysts that we uh, listen to and, and talk with uh, they continue to talk about well with the with pandemic putting in some uh, some some weird uh, normalities to the data uh, might want to take a look at the the uh, uh, un uh, revised numbers uh, <laughs> the the, the, the Typically, these are seasonally adjusted, uh, and if you look at the non-seasonally adjusted numbers, uh, they're actually w- well above uh, what that that 194. 194- four said it was closer to a six hundred thousand uh, job gain. So, oh, wow. though, though we still got to really uh, take a look at the, the the head headline numbers and watch for the trends there. <clears throat> we we have seen some better trends in those non-seasonally adjusted numbers. So, uh, just something to to keep in mind. But at least continuing to make positive uh, <clears throat> positive moves here. Not seeing declines in jobs, uh, and there's still a lot a lot. Labor demand continues to set records, and uh, one of those uh, numbers we look at uh, in in the jobs report, the job openings labor turnover turnover report, uh, at the quit rate in that, which is people quitting their job to take a better job or higher paying job, uh, continues to be set record numbers as well. So overall still a lot of labor demand uh and and we still see positive positive signs from the labor market um it, but but still still uh, still not quite back to the pre pandemic uh levels so we still got some got some work to do there the next thing we look at is the Institute of Supply Management's manufacturing service indices. <clears throat> they continue to maintain expansion tor- territory in the month of September, and both continue to report exceptional growth. Again, this is that diffusion index, so if it's above 50, it's in expansion territory. It's below 50, it's in contraction territory. And above 55% is considered exceptional growth. Manufacturing side and service side is how they split it, and both actually are above the 60% rate. Uh, Uh, in September, which is just a phenomenal growth rate, probably close to five to six percent GDP correlation there. Um, So very, very strong numbers. And a lot of the numbers we look at inside of that, such as new orders, production, backlog of orders, uh, new export orders on both sides near that 60 percent level. So very, very strong uh, reports by both manufacturing and services there in the manufacturing area. 17, uh, or 17 of the 18 manufacturing industries grew in September, which is, is, is pretty unprecedented, not only to to have one not showing, uh, growth anyway, anytime there where you're up above 15 is, is a very strong, strong level. And then we also are looking at what, what respondents, uh, those, those purchasing, uh, the purchasing managers, uh, for companies what they're uh, seeing there uh, and what they're what they're talking about and they continue to indicate very strong demand but continue to deal with supply chain issues and and staffing issues uh those both continue to persist in what we've been dealing with uh, for quite some time now
0: yeah the uh the the backlog of orders number at least at least it's dropping a little bit so that maybe we we can get the 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 goods that we're We're buying things seem to be still uh, still quite delayed. Is there is there any insight that you have into how long we're (laughs) going to see delays on things like cars and and uh, electronics and that sort of thing?
1: I would my my guesstimate and what I've been hearing is as well into 2022 is 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 our expectation um, is of when things the supply chain continues starts to become somewhat normalized. I, I know in the news we continue to hear about a, a large number of container ships waiting off the the ports, both LA and uh, and and on the East Coast as well. Um, so we can continue to think those those. Rep- remain uh, those the supply chains remain uh, remain to have kinks in them um, <clears throat> for for at least a few a few more months probably well into 2022 and, and back to normal my uh, would probably be even almost to 2023 wow. um, but we'll start to see progress I think as as the I mean the thing that's it's really hurt is this the, the Delta variant and the wave that we've seen recently especially in, in China and in southeast South, South uh, East Asia Asian countries uh, that have had to lock down uh, because right. of the Delta variant, so that that definitely hurts inventories. Uh, but but that that growth is pushed out because uh, we still have we still expect to rebuild these inventories at some point. So we still expect even if we get some slower growth here and then in the later parts of 2021 we think that growth has just pushed uh to a later date into 2022 and later uh because we still have to rebuild those inventories and the other thing that that you, we we think about with the supply chain issue Is something you don't always often think about is around 50% of the international shipping is actually done in the belly of commercial flights. Uh, So those those transatlantic flights, those transpacific flights, uh, where those large uh, uh, airplanes are coming over with with just your normal citizens, in the belly of those flights, there's actually number of of uh goods being sent across in those so uh until that that uh industry normalizes when we start to see much more international travel uh it'll probably be until that becomes more normalized that we see uh those supply chains start to to run more smoothly so Hmm. something to think about But anyway, with that, with that that t- kind of takes me into the, the, our next point, GDP growth. Uh, so the final revision for, for second quarter GDP came in at 6.7%. Originally, the increase was put at 65 uh, but some new data came in. Uh, report largely signal growth should be pushed to the second half of the year, possibly into, into 2022 as those those inventories have continued to decline third quarter estimates continue to be revised lower due to the delta variant and the supply chain issues um, and, and currently sit right around 1.3 percent and that that's come down from around a five to seven percent uh, level of growth so definitely uh, but again a lot of this growth if it's it's not now it's it will be just pushed pushed down the road. Um, and then <clears throat> looking at one of the most important things for what the stock market is going to do, expectations for a third quarter earnings season are running just below 30% growth for earnings for the S&P 500. Um, of the 21 companies that had reported by the, the end of the first week of October, um, <clears throat> we've, we've had 76.2% uh, report earnings uh, above analyst estimates, this compares to kind of long-term average of 65.8%, but versus a prior four quarters average of of 84.7%. So, like we had kind of talked about, we expect that uh, second quarter earnings season to kind of be peak the peak level growth rate level, uh, but we'll still have positive earnings, but they'll just be at 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 a lower growth level uh, versus versus second quarter so it still so positive uh, still seeing good things and, and and seeing things come in above estimates and that's that's the important thing is is uh, what we're we're continuing to have this eps growth uh, but we also Paying attention closely to margin issues, companies' expectations going forward, what they've had to deal with recently, and that we're seeing continued a lot of supply chain issues and, and staffing issues as well, but, but continued strong demand. And then finally, the uh, one of the other things we're very interested in is, <clears throat> as we think, eventually uh, consumer demand. Uh, and consumer spending will kind of pass off to business spending. Well, new orders and shipments of key U.S.-made capital goods increased solidly in August amid strong demand for computers and electronic uh, products, keeping business spending and equip on equipment on track for another quarter of robust growth. Orders actually shot up 16.4% on a year-on-year basis. So we, again, we expect that that business spending uh, could to continue to remain strong uh, into
0: 2022. Wow. Good news. So lots of lots of good stuff happening. What about on the negative side of things? How are things looking there?
1: Well, on the negative side of things, we again continue I think, COVID uh, really remains the most important driver of economic growth in 2021 and into into 2022. Uh, what, what we've seen here recently, the absolute number of cases in the U.S. finally has appeared to be heading down after this this Delta wave. Uh, yet people are gradually moving indoors for the quarter months, and that has proven to be a, a fairly dangerous time. So uh, our base case still remains. Vaccination will be be fairly effective. Allow allow for accelerated economic growth in 2021 um but second half growth will likely be reduced uh because of this this recent delta wave uh but again most much of this growth we expect to be that we might miss out here in 2021 will be likely pushed into 2022. Um, and then the other part of the labor market that we uh kind of have on the negative side because we're still healing from from uh that that pandemic recession um Initial jobless claims, they did recently drop by 38,000 to 326,000 in the weekend at October 2nd, according to the Department of Labor. Four-week moving average here was 344,000 and increased 3,500 from the previous week's revised average. New unemployment claims are still well above kind of where they were before the pandemic, and prior to the pandemic, we were running – Right around that 200,000 level for these initial jobless claims, and, and really for the majority of 2019, running in between the 150 to 160,000. But the good news is, is, some of the recent reports is we've gotten below that 300,000 level, and that's kind of the level we uh, we want to see it below uh, for to, to really see a, a strong labor market. So so continue to make good progress, but still still again room room to make improvements. Then on on valuations, uh, they still remain a concern, particularly if inflation and, and good shortages and these these supply chain issues uh, do happen to sap earnings momentum. So surprisingly, even though the markets have had a good year thus far, uh, with the Earnings growth that we've seen, valuations in say equity markets actually have come down somewhat uh, on a forward-looking basis, uh, but still, still at a very lofty level uh, compared to historical averages. So again, what this what this means to us is we continue to expect volatility, um, and 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 we continue to protect, uh, remain fairly conservative, uh, but still positive outlook, just a little tempered compared to if if these valuations were at lower levels. Next, uh, the other thing that we we've continued to kind of key on and, and has created some volatility recently is um, a large Chinese real estate developer. Called the Evergreen group uh, is dealing with some financial stress and possibility of missing debt payments ultimate defaults and other real estate developers uh, have also started to, to discuss financial stress uh, we've've we've kind of been been warned about this uh, these issues for some time and, and people have always kind of a lot of analysts have talked about uh, real estate bubbles in in China uh, but the, the worry here is that this could spread uh, and spread outside of, uh, out of of china and create further issues for the global economy thus far we we don't see that taking place we we think the chinese government will be able to kind of create barriers around uh the real estate industry and and and, and <clears throat> have already started to ease financial conditions to to help deal with this uh, somewhat but uh we the, this definitely is a risk that we've been watching and we will continue to monitor the situation and with our research par- the help of our research partners Next, uh, inflation definitely remains a topic of concern. The PCE, uh, personal consumption expenditures, deflator, uh, the Federal Reserve's kind of preferred measure uh, of, of inflation increasing 3.6% year over year in the month of August, the highest level in 30 years. We, we're we still in that kind of transitory camp. We, we, our, our expectation, though it might Inflation might stay higher for a year or two. There's there's too many demographic issues, technology, uh, uh, deflation issues that, that we think on a longer-term basis will come into play, though. Like, like we've said, uh, over the next few years, we could see some higher, higher inflation levels. Uh, but, but as we get further and further away from the pandemic, we think those will, will begin to dissipate. And then finally uh closely followed we we continue to to monitor consumer confidence uh and that recently slid into in september to 109.3 versus from a revised 115.2 in august according to the conference board um and that's that's been something we've been monitoring for a while we've kind of seen the trend of consumer confidence moving lower uh here recently and it, it, we believe it's a lot of deal to do to do with inflation um and and lofty valuations and supply chain issues uh <clears throat> As well as, as as those labor issues uh, that that there's just there's on every window there's a help wanted sign. Right. Uh, so, so people definitely have uh, seen this and, and been concerned that Delta wave didn't help, uh, but we'll see what <clears throat> what what comes from possibly this delta wave cresting and starting to roll over if that starts to help consumer confidence and 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 possibly uh a recovery from the recent uh, market volatility plays in that as well uh so so if if we continue to see a uh, a higher market like we have like we did the in the most recent week uh what we think we'll we'll see some more we we'll see some higher confidence in in consumers in the in the near future, especially as we enter enter the the holiday times. Gotcha.
0: All right, Sean. So wrap it up for us. What what's your conclusion based on everything you're seeing in the markets right now?
1: Yeah. Again, again, we continue to think the positives outweigh the negative negatives. But this these recent uh, recent month has has definitely been a volatile one. But it's expected. September has a reputation as a bad market month, and and in September. The n- nine month ninth month lived really up to its billing. S and P five hundred climbed around right around five percent. Dow Jones and and Nasdaq also sagged, uh, <clears throat> but recent economic data has shown recent. Uh, recovery growth in the u.s that is well okay. though it's been well below the pace scene in winter and spring uh, it's equally true that data reported in september has generally been stronger than uh, data reported in august every year the fall kind of is characterized by an economic acceleration out of the, the sleepy summer months uh, even amid the special circumstances of covid19 that pattern we think will hold in 2021 and portfolios. We've actually, because of that, that pullback, we did add slightly uh, say equities uh, and, And and continue to have a, a, a positive though though conservative somewhat conservative but overall positive outlook on on markets uh, on financial equity markets and if we think we'll end up the year higher uh, than where we currently are. As for the fixed income markets, uh, that's <clears throat> been been some of the reason for this uh, this more more recent volatility. Uh, <clears throat> We do expect the Fed to begin to taper their asset purchases uh, that they've been been making uh, since the, the March March 2020 uh, when they really stepped in um, due to the pandemic uh, recession. Uh, and we think here in November they'll officially announce that taper, uh, and and will <clears throat> at some point in, in 2022 even possibly start to rate. Raise rates after tapering their 120 billion of asset purchases that they're currently ma- making on a monthly basis. Though this <clears throat> this could uh, continue to create volatility in equ- equity markets, uh, we we do feel that like this is a, a necessary step as as <clears throat> the economy continues to recover overall from from uh, the the pandemic. Uh, but we again cautiously optimistic think we'll continue to this recovery positives outweigh the negatives, and we'll continue to
0: see equity markets
1: uh, have a little more volatility, continue to to grind higher through the end of the year.
0: Gotcha. Sean, thank you so much for joining me today and uh, giving us our October economic and market review. If any of our listeners have a question or want to learn more, what's the best way they can get the support they need?
1: I think the best way is is to go on our website, mybank.com. And if, if you want to talk to a wealth associate, just click our, the, the wealth link and, and there'll be a, uh, many multiple ways to get in contact with us and reach a, a local wealth associate in your area.
0: Excellent. Sean McCreary, Wealth Investment Officer in First United's Wealth Management Department. Thanks again for joining me today. Thank you, Eric. That brings us to the end of our show. You can always find more episodes by visiting mybank.com slash podcast or find us on your favorite podcast app. You can also leave feedback ask questions or request a topic for us to discuss by sending an email to podcast at mybank.com thanks again for listening we'll be back next time with more helpful content but until then we wish you the best in focusing on what matters most to you
2: first united my bank for life This document is a general communication being provided for informational purposes only. It is educational in nature and not designed to be taken as advice or a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, feature, or other purpose in any jurisdiction, nor is it a commitment from First United Bank and Trust or any of its subsidiaries to participate in any of the transactions mentioned herein. Any examples are generic, hypothetical, and for illustration purposes only. This material does not contain sufficient information to support an investment decision and should not be relied upon in evaluating the merits of investing in any securities or products. In addition, users should make independent assessment of the legal, regulatory, credit, and and accounting implications and determine together with their own professional advisors if any investment mentioned herein is believed to be suitable to their personal goals. Investors should ensure that they obtain all available relevant information before making any investment. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, or investment techniques and strategies set out are for information purposes only based on certain assumptions and current market conditions Both past performance and yields are not reliable indicators of current and future results.